That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Tuesday, July 7th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Microsoft might be thinking about buying WB Games. We might learn about Far Cry 6 soon, and it might feature actor Giancarlo Esposito in a major role. I've said the word might like six times already. Stardew Valley's creator teases a big update, and director Ryan Johnson made a Pokemon Go commercial. Microsoft is rumored to be showing interest in buying the Warner Brothers gaming unit. I reported recently on the fact that AT&T, the parent company of the collection of Warner Brothers game development studios that make up the Warner Brothers gaming arm of the company, might be going on the market, so to speak. AT&T is considering selling it, which has all kinds of implications. The main one being it could mean Rocksteady, the super talented developer behind the Batman Arkham games, might end up with a new home. Or Mortal Kombat might end up with a new owner as well. It seems Microsoft may be an interested party. GameSpot's Jeremy Winslow reported on Microsoft's potential intention, writing, According to Business News publication The Information, two people familiar with the situation said Microsoft might be looking to scoop up WB Games, the studio responsible for publishing games like Batman Arkham Knight, Middle-Earth Shadow of War, Mortal Kombat 11, and others. A sale isn't imminent, according to the people, as AT&T is still weighing how to handle its $154 billion in debt. This debt comes from the 2018 acquisition of Time Warner, now known as Warner Media, which includes companies like Crunchyroll, DC Comics, HBO, WB Games, and a host of other subsidies. That story is linked in the show notes. Supposedly, Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Take-Two Interactive have also expressed interest. But right now, this is all conjecture and hearsay. It's not even fully confirmed that WB Games will be for sale in the future. With all that being said, however, I think Microsoft has the most potential in terms of actually going through with the sale. They've been buying up studios a lot lately, so... I think they would be really excited to have Rocksteady under their umbrella. I think they would be pretty jazzed about owning Mortal Kombat too, but that feels unlikely to me. Or at least it seems unlikely to me that Microsoft would make Mortal Kombat an Xbox exclusive. That's one of those IPs that really benefits from being on all platforms. And I think people would be really bummed if it became an exclusive. And then... Alternatively, maybe it all just stays with AT&T and nothing really changes, which I could totally see happening too. The main thing I want is for Rocksteady to just keep making games. Doesn't even have to be Batman or DC games. I just want them to keep making single-player stuff with big budgets. Far Cry 6 might be getting announced soon and may feature actor Giancarlo Esposito. 
Ubisoft is holding a digital event on July 12th, and it might contain a Far Cry 6 announcement if some of these disparate puzzle pieces come together to form a cohesive picture. Earlier this month, Giancarlo Esposito, an actor who appeared in The Mandalorian but is arguably best known for his role as Gus in Breaking Bad, told the website Collider that he was working on a video game but he couldn't offer any details and simply said, This video game I did, which is going to be huge. Can't really mention. GameSpot's Eddie McCooch reported on the Collider interview and wrote, He said he performed his part in this video game with this new style of acting, but he never fully elaborated on this. He was responding to a question about how Fortnite developer Epic's Unreal Engine is being used to film The Mandalorian in new and unique ways, but Esposito stopped short of confirming if this was the same tech-slash-setup that he used on the mysterious video game. And that story is linked in the show notes. So that ambiguous news was floating around, and then the website Game Reactor UK posted a story sharing that Esposito news that was pretty quickly deleted that had the paragraph contained within it. He doesn't say anything about what it is or who is developing it, but please allow me to spoil it for you. It's Far Cry 6. Honestly, if that story had remained online, I probably would have just written it off as a rumor, but somehow the story being deleted seems just to add more veracity to it for me. Don't get me wrong, this is still strictly rumor, but it's a strong rumor at this point. The Far Cry series typically heavily focuses on its antagonists. The protagonists are generally mute or near-mute characters who have the privilege of interacting with charismatic villains in well-performed cutscenes. Voss, played by Michael Mondo from Far Cry 3, stole the show pretty handily, as did Pagan Min, played by Troy Baker in Far Cry 4, and Greg Brick's portrayal of Joseph the Father Seed in Far Cry 5 was one of the game's best elements. If this rumor is true, and Giancarlo Esposito is playing the game's villain, which is totally an assumption on my part, to be clear, then that is pretty exciting. Esposito is great, and especially great at playing a villain, and would fit perfectly into that Far Cry mold of the charismatic villain ultimately truly being the main character. We're also about due for another numbered Far Cry entry. Far Cry New Dawn, a Far Cry 5 spinoff released in early 2019, but Far Cry 5 released in March 2018. Even if it is not released this year, it's about that time where we should be learning about the next numbered Far Cry. Stardew Valley's creator is teasing a big update. Stardew Valley is, arguably, one of the most successful indie games of all time. There is no way to truly measure its ubiquity at this point, but it often feels like it has become more successful than Harvest Moon, the series that inspired its creation. As it grows, literally, and grows in popularity, its creator, Eric Baroni, continues to add new content to the game. The next update is going to be the 1.5 update, and the game's developer Twitter account, at Concerned Ape, recently tweeted about it. Stardew Valley 1.5 update. Notice anything new in Willy's shop? Progress on the update is coming along steadily. It's still in a nose-to-the-grindstone phase, but some good milestones have been met. This update adds a significant new piece of end-game content and much more. That's all the details there are right now. No 
release date or anything like that. But Game Informer's Andrew Reiner wrote about the update based on the single screenshot shared. In an image shared on Twitter, Baroni teases one of the update's additions, which just happens to be a new door in Willie's fish shop. In the game now, the door is a ladder. Where could this mysterious new door lead? Given the hype tied to it now, players are expecting big things, but it could be anything. A closet, or perhaps a pathway to a new area. We'll have to wait to see what Baroni is working up. And that story is also linked in the show notes. I am personally not the biggest Stardew Valley fan, but my wife enjoyed it, and my kid is actually playing it right now, so I am very familiar with it. I really appreciate how Baroni has continued to support the game. Years ago, he teased work on what sounded like a Pokemon-inspired game as a follow-up to Stardew Valley, but it seems he may just be continuing to work on and expand Stardew, so I am curious if that project has been abandoned, or maybe he's just in no rush to complete it. He certainly, financially, has the freedom to take his time, and if he continues to enjoy updating Stardew Valley, then by all means, he should continue to do that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ryan Johnson directed a Pokemon Go commercial. I don't have a lot to say about this, but Ryan Johnson, the director of Looper, Knives Out, and Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, directed a Pokemon Go commercial. Turns out he's a big Pokemon fan. I love Ryan Johnson's movies, especially including that one that is pretty divisive, but the commercial is not an auteur piece of filmmaking by any means. I wouldn't have known it was some of Johnson's work if I had not been told, but it's cute. It shows people playing Pokemon Go and tearing strips of reality away to reveal Pokemon. Describing it admittedly sounds weird, but I promise it makes sense when you watch it. The trailer is linked in the show notes, and Johnson apparently said about the commercial, according to a story from Slash Film, Pokemon Go has kept me engaged with my friends remotely as I've been practicing physical distancing these past few months. As a longtime Pokemon trainer, it was a real pleasure working with Niantic on this spot. It was a new experience for me to direct a production remotely, and I enjoyed the highly collaborative process and think we put together a fun and upbeat commercial that fans will enjoy. Johnson joins a group of other notable directors who have randomly directed video game commercials, including Guy Ritchie, who directed a Call of Duty commercial, complete with a cameo from Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, who directed a Destiny commercial, David Lynch directed a PlayStation 2 commercial that features a talking duck, and David Fincher supposedly directed the memorable Gears of War commercial, featuring the Gary Jules cover of the Tears for Fear song 
Mad World, though the Fincher connection in that commercial is hard to confirm. In any case, it's good company to be in. Here's what released today along with some other announcements. Catherine Full Body is out today on Switch. It's a game that originally released on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 back in 2011, and it kind of served as a quick change of pace for the Persona team. It's basically a narrative puzzle game about relationships and becoming an adult. The full body version adds a fair bit of additional content, including a new third love interest named Rin, new cutscenes and narrative content, and a bunch of fun Persona content, including the option to play as Persona 5's protagonist, Joker. The whole game was apparently ported into Persona 5's engine for the full-body release. The additions are pretty extensive. Superliminal is out today on Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It released for PC late last year. It's a game about perspective and using perspective to solve puzzles. It's kind of hard to explain without seeing it in action, but... Basically, you can manipulate the sizes of objects in an environment based on your perspective. Things far away look small, so they are small. Things up close look big, so they are big. It's very strange and interesting, and it's one I have been very curious about. In short videos, it looks really cool, but it is one of those mechanics I worry about being too versatile to the point of the puzzles just being confusing. I am eager to try it out. After a leak a few weeks ago, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is now a real video game that is releasing this year. The announcement was made official with a pre-rendered trailer showing a woman fighting a bunch of monsters and seeing a monster emerge from a portal. It's coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, but not Switch, sadly, with upgraded visuals and new content on September 8th. Publisher THQ Nordic has also announced that the game will receive an expansion in 2021 with Fate's Worm, which is kind of wild. The press release for the game says additional details will follow, but I am curious who is making that expansion. It's kind of like getting a small sequel, which is great. Also announced today, East Origin will be coming to Switch. East Origin is a prequel to the East series that originally released in Japan in 2006 and has been ported to various other platforms over the years. The game is being published by .emu, a company that specializes in elevating and modernizing classic games for modern platforms. There is an unlisted trailer for Orcs Must Die 3 floating around the internet right now that shows a bunch of gameplay and lists the game as a Stadia exclusive, or at least a timed Stadia exclusive that says things like, you can play right now, but... The trailer is not set to go public until next week, it seems. So, Orcs Must Die 3 is coming soon, and at least for the time being, it will be Stadia exclusive. It will also have a two-player online co-op mode. I played the first Orcs Must Die, reviewed it for Game Informer. It's basically a tower defense game crossed with a third-person crossbow shooter, and I found it to be a very stressful game, but also recognized it as being well-made. I'm curious to see if it moves the needle at all for Stadia. That's it for gaming news today. Today is um, Bungie Day, apparently. I don't really know what that means. Maybe some Destiny events that haven't been announced at the time of this recording, but I don't know, happy Bungie Day, I guess. 
I received a tweet from at Forrest Lastman about Shadows of the Damned that I appreciate. They wrote, Gaming Ride Home Info. Shadows of the Damned isn't necessarily EA's IP. It was published as part of the EA Partners program, which also included games like Left 4 Dead and Rock Band, which are IPs owned by the developers. So, with that correction in mind, it sounds like the IP did not necessarily need to be reacquired by Grasshopper Manufacture, which makes sense in retrospect considering the IP was prominently featured in Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes on Switch. In any case, I still hope to see some kind of return for Shadows of the Damned, a director's cut remaster or something. I would be totally into that. Another quick correction here from at MittenFacedLad, who tweeted the Gaming Ride Home Twitter account to say, hey, just a quick correction. Wanted to say the Shadow Warrior series actually came back in 2013 as a reboot, not with its 2016 sequel, Shadow Warrior 2. Both were pretty positively received at their respective times. Thanks for that correction, at Mittenfaced Lad. Much appreciated. If you, yourself, have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. Please, as always, consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Metroid Other M right now. And you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.